0: Well, everybody, welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here. I uh, hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving this past week. I don't know, you know, who, uh, tell me who went out for Black Friday yesterday, Black Friday shopping. I've never really been a big Black Friday shopper. I think I went out, I think I went out once for Black Friday. Maybe. I worked on Black Friday once. That that was a thing. That was a thing. Uh, That was that was not fun uh, working in a good old Walmart back in the day on Black Friday. It was actually on Thanksgiving. Um, They opened up at five o'clock on Thanksgiving. Called it Black Friday sales, but really it was uh, it was just a a mess. Uh, (laughs) But that's besides the fact. Uh, Black Friday. uh, I went to some outlets one time. I think it was. It wasn't too packed at the outlets. You know, most people go to like. Best Buy or Walmart or where Target and all those different places, and they wait in line for hours and hours and hours. But um, I did not do my, I did not do any Black Friday shopping this year um, because you know sometimes, sometimes you just need to save some of that money. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is all right. So last week, if you guys were here for service, last week we had an amazing service where we thanked really all of the volunteers and all of the staff. For all that they do here at God Squad Church, if it wasn't for these people, we we would not be able to have a church, and so we were thankful for them. We are still thankful for you today, so thank you very much. But we are going to be changing gears a little bit today as we uh, continue in the series that we've been in now for. Over a year now, we've been going through the book of Luke. Uh, we're currently in chapter 11. We're going to continue in that today, and it really is a switching of gears because last week we were talking about a lot of thankfulness, right? And you might have thought, Oh, we're going to get another Thanksgiving message today because you know it's not going to be that way, though. You see, the Bible is really interesting, the Bible. You can get a lot of encouragement in the Bible. You can get a lot of things to be thankful for. Absolutely. There are some of those really great stories to build you up, to help you, to motivate you to move forward, and it's encouraging, and that's that's something that we need, and I hope this message does that for you today. But something that the Bible also does isn't, it, isn't just encouraging. A lot of times there's conviction that's in there as well. And this still builds us up. This still helps us to move forward. And so my prayer today is that as we talk about these things, is that you would begin to analyze yourself on the inside a little bit more and be able to allow God to move, allow Jesus to make a transformation in your life. And so I've entitled this message an inward mess, an inward mess because I'll be completely honest, none of us are perfect, okay? We all have our difficulties. We all have our messes that we deal with. And I think that this also goes the same for specific video games as well. We are a gamer church, so we're gonna we're gonna use an example today of a few video games. But one of my favorite things about being a gamer, one of my very favorite things, is when we get a preview of a game that has yet to be released. Like, you don't even have the date for it yet. Whether it be a new Final Fantasy game, maybe you're an Xbox fan, you remember being a child and you played the first Halo, right? But then you got a preview. I don't know what where they previewed this, but maybe it was E3 or something when E3 was still kind of a thing got Halo 2 or maybe it was Halo 3 and you saw it and you got so excited for whatever it was going to be. Maybe it was the new God of War game. Those have been out for several years now, that whole entire series. Maybe it was a new Bethesda game. I know for myself, I'm excited about the new Elder Scrolls 6 game. I love the Elder Scrolls. I know we're not going to get it until the year of 2072 or something like that, but hopefully one day, I'll still be alive, hopefully, when it does come out. The Elder Scrolls 6 coming out one day. Mario, maybe it's a new Zelda game. My favorite Zelda is just, it, it, the Legend of Zelda. They're just too good. They're just too ga- good. But whatever it is, you get excited when you see that very first preview of the game that you have never seen before and that the world has never seen. So you, at these big conferences, you get this amazing trailer that that shows what the game could potentially look like the new graphics the new mechanics the new everything that the game is going to hold but then you don't get a release window all the time and that's a very unfortunate thing or or even worse you get the dreaded now in development screen i'm looking at you metroid prime 4 Fans, okay. I, I know the harm that came your way in 2017. Everybody was waiting for it and they saw Metroid Prime 4 come up on the screen, and all they got was now in development. And in 2019, it stopped development and they completely wiped the game and redeveloped it because it, it just wasn't going in a good direction, apparently, according to Nintendo. And even though this is not something that I'm a big fan of, I do understand that this is a good thing to do from time to time. Delayed video games. I know a lot of people, you're probably sitting there, you actually think delayed video games are okay. Yes, I do think delayed video games are okay. And even when they delay a second, a third, and maybe even a fourth time. I don't like it, but I understand it. I understand why this happens. You see... I was listening to a developer, I believe it was actually Enuma, the the developer uh, with the producer of The Legend of Zelda, and he actually said that they are forced to give a release date a lot of times. They are forced. And so what they do is they give the target date that they think and sometimes even make it a little bit farther out than what they figure it's actually going to be. So they give a target date of when it's going to come out, but it has to be early enough because if they finish it too early in advance... That's a problem because now you're wasting all of this time that you got to wait. So they don't put the date too far out. They got to make it at least somewhere where it's like, okay, this is relative. Like We're able to get it done by then, but more than likely, we're not going to be able to. So they're forced to give out this date, and then you see a delay happen. And then you see another delay happen. And then you see another delay happen. The reason why is because the game that you're waiting for has not been finished yet. It still needs some finishing touches that are on it. And really the developer hopes that you're going to get a more finished game when it comes out, or at least something that's going to be a little bit better in the end. And there's some notable games that this has happened to over the uh, past several years, Uh, specific games where where developers promised specific things. They looked really good in the preview. I mean, they looked absolutely amazing, and then they released the game with less than bad results. And I want to take a look at a a few of those video games. All right? No Man's Sky. No man I I understand I know all of you fans of No Man's Sky I get it it's a good game now but if you played this game on release in 2016 this game was so bad that 99% of people that bought the game stopped playing the game within one week 99% of people I mean, when I saw this preview, I saw something that was like a brontosaurus walking through the trees and knocking down trees. These amazing creatures on this planet. And they were like, this is what you're going to get. And what we got was something. I I had some little tiny lizard thing that had like 29 arms. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And it was like the size of like a toe. That little, Literally, the game was absolutely trash (laughs) i don't have a very good uh a very good trust with hello games at this point i've never played it again and i never planned to because they lost my trust in that moment but once again it was a game that looked really really great in the preview but when you dove a little bit into it, it really wasn't that good another game that we can talk about is cyberpunk 2077 kind of a similar story cyberpunk 2077 came out in 2020 uh, was a pretty awful game when it first came out due to several bugs and glitches. It was unplayable on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I believe on the PS5 and the, uh, the Xbox Series X and S, it was somewhat playable, but you could still get hard locked out of the game from several bugs. And on PC, it was the same thing. So it really just wasn't that great of a game. I think they actually refunded money. Uh, I think Sony refunded money for people that bought it on their store. Regardless of all that, They waited three years. They come out with this amazing patch that they have now, which makes the game playable, and they expected everybody that already paid $60 for the game to pay an extra $30. I'll get past that. But the whole fact of the matter was, in the beginning, people for 10 years got this promise of what this game was going to be. Developers promised things. It looked really great. And when it came out, it came out with horrible results. And then the final one. I am going to talk about this. Final Fantasy XIV. Final Fantasy XIV holds a near and dear place in my heart. Okay, it really does. But this game released in 2010. And when I say it re- released with bad results, it released with some of the worst re- results that anybody has ever seen in a video game. So bad that after less than one year, they tore down all of the servers, they took the game out, they completely destroyed the entire game, built it from the ground up, made fun of themselves in the main storyline of Realm Reborn and came out with Final Fantasy XIV 2.0 because 1.0 was actually that horrible. It looked great. Fans were excited about a new Final Fantasy MMO. They're had already they coming out of Final Fantasy XI. They're ready for a new MMO and they got something that was just not good. It wasn't up to par looked great, but on the inside, it didn't look so good at all. And so today, as we read through scripture, a lot of times we hear, and we we hear a lot of preachers speak about how Jesus reclined at the table with tax collectors, that the tax collectors would invite him in and that he would recline at the table with them. And then the Pharisees, obviously they were always looking through the windows. You can't sit with those people. You can't dine with them. But today, we're gonna see a time when Jesus actually dines with the Pharisees and reclines at the table with them. And so my hope today is that we'll be able to look at ourselves a little bit deeper and understand that there is still work to be done in our hearts as well. None of us are perfect. And Jesus calls out the people in this event so that they might know what's wrong inside of their hearts. And so today I'm gonna read for you guys Luke chapter 11. We're gonna read through the entire scripture right here of this whole entire story. Luke chapter 11, verses 27 through 53. Stay with me here because a lot of the stuff is important. It says this, As he was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in, reclined at the table. When the Pharisee saw this, he was amazed that he did not per- first perform the ritual washing before dinner. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and evil. Fools! Didn't he who made the outside make the inside too? Could you imagine at somebody asking you to, to go into dinner with them at Thanksgiving and then you call them fools when you get there? <laughs> 41, but give from what is within to the poor and then everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees. You give a 10th of mint, rue and every kind of herb and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting others. Woe to you, Pharisees, you love the front seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, you are like unmarked graves. The people who walk over them don't know it. Verse 45, one of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, you say, when you say these things, you insult us too. Then he said, woe to you, experts in the law. You load people with burdens that are hard to carry, and yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, you build tombs for the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Therefore, you are witnesses that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their monuments. Because of this, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute so that this generation may be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets sh- uh, shed since the foundation of the world from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who perished between the altar and the sanctuary yes i tell you this generation will be held held responsible 52 woe to you experts in the law you have taken away the key to knowledge you didn't go in yourselves And you hindered those who were trying to go in. When he left there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to oppose him fiercely and to cross-examine him about many things. And so the first thing I'd like to talk about today is our outward appearance. Our outward appearance. Everyone likes to look good. Everyone likes to look good. It could be the type of clothes that you wear, the type of car that you have. Maybe it's the pictures that you take as well. Your outward appearance shows people what you want them to see. Now, I'm not really a big social media person, but when I was still, you know, back in my old days when Facebook was still cool, okay, when only college people could be on it. Who remembers those days? I remember those days. If you don't remember them, you're too young. There were people that would literally take selfies of themselves and and put like a tagline, just woke up this morning. But the person had their makeup completely done, their hair was completely straight. it was already brushed. you know, it said 530 a.m, but they were posting it at 11 o'clock. and literally what the person probably did was they woke up at like 9 10 o'clock in the morning. They took a shower, blow-dried their hair, did all of their makeup, reset their clock to say 5.30 a.m., and then take a selfie of themselves. Just woke up this morning. It's what they wanted you to see. Everything that you see in my room right here, this is the things that I want you to see, right? Right. I don't want you guys to see this side of my room. It's a bit of a mess right now. You know, I, I have my I have my Harry Potter mug right here, okay? My Hufflepuff mug. But my desk, it's not the prettiest currently right now. I have a lot of work that's out on my desk. But it's what I want you to see. Someone's outward appearance doesn't truly show who someone is all the time. I think it is good to look good. I think it is good to dress nice. I think it's good to have, you know clothes that's not wrinkled and things of that nature, but that's just not always the case of who you're actually getting to see or who you're getting to know. And the Pharisees are a really good example of this. And this is part of the reason why Jesus makes an example out of them in this story. You see, the Pharisees are about to dine with Jesus. And so they go through this ceremonial ritual of cleansing their hands before they sit down to eat. And 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 the fact, of the matter of this ritual cleansing, it wasn't even a part of the Mosaic Law, but what it was, it was about a, I believe they said it was um, a eggshell and a half worth of water. And what they would do is they would pour it on their hands like this, and it would drip down their hands. And then they would take their fist and they would actually rub their fist into their hand like this. And then they would let the water drip down to their fingertips. And they would do it on each hand before they ate. Once again, not a part of the Mosaic Law, But it was a ritual that they followed. And they didn't do this because they wanted to wash their hands before they ate, 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 which is, yeah, it's hygienic to just do that in general. But more so for them, it was a Jewish ritual. And from the Mosaic law standpoint, they also were extremely strict in these things as well. And so we can take a look at a few of them that they mentioned here in the verses. Tithing. They would take herbs out of their gardens, count the seeds and the leaves to make sure that they gave a tenth to God, that they would sit in the best seats in the synagogue, the front seats where they could be seen by other people because they were more concerned about people knowing that they were walking right with God. They were more concerned about that than about making sure that others were walking right with God, which is really what they were supposed to be doing. And then the lawyers or the experts in the law, they would find loopholes in the law. So they would teach people that they they can't carry anything in their hands on the Sabbath. They can't do it in their hands, on their chest, or on their shoulders. But on the Sabbath, you can carry something on the back of your hand. You can carry something on your foot, on your elbow, in your ear, in your hair, that by the hem of your shirt, or in your shoe or sandal. See, their main po- their main problem was that their teaching was taking away knowledge and understanding from people and giving them rules and laws that could supposedly supposedly save them. Their outward appearance looked great. The Pharisees looked great outwardly. And I'm here to ask you today, what does your outward appearance look like? I think we fall into the same trap that the religious leaders of this day fell into. Just because somebody goes to church weekly, because... They own a Bible because they tithe 10% regularly, or maybe they bow their head when the pastor says, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. It doesn't make someone a good Christian. And just like the previews of the video games that we talked about before, they looked great on the outside, but on the inside, when you really dove into them, get to know them a little bit more, it wasn't all together. And so now we're going to talk about our inward appearance, where things get a little bit messy. And this is where some personal analysis needs to happen, to be honest, in our own lives. You see, we get caught up with so many rules and regulations of what we look like, what other people think about us, and we completely forget about either intentionally or unintentionally. We avoid what God sees and how we actually are. I read an example this week, and I thought it was really good. It said it would be as if a soldier was really good in marching drills. They put all of their emphasis in marching drills. But when it came to be on the battlefield, when it came to battle, they were unable to perform at all. They were really great at marching drills. Man, they could keep to the beat of what the sergeant was telling them. But when it came to battle, they had no idea what they were doing. This is not the mark of a good soldier. And it's the same way for a Christian. Being good at all the things that people see in your life as a Christian, it doesn't necessarily make you a good Christian. One of the biggest faults of the old religious leaders is that by their teachings, they would actually lock people out of being able to encounter God because their teachings were proving to be a stumbling block. They would put a burden on the Jewish people with a list of rules that they had to follow, which the Jews were unable to carry. And all this did is it would prevent them and it would hinder them from learning the truth. So I'm going to read for you Luke chapter 17, verse 2, to show how important this really is. It says this, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to stumble. The last thing that I want to see is someone who acts like a Christian from all of their outward appearances And because of my preaching or because of my teaching that they think that they're going to go to heaven. That from all their outward things that they're doing, that they think they're going to go to heaven. I do not want that to be on me. My goal here today is not to tear you down. That is not my goal. What I want you to do today is to analyze your life. Where are you needing transformation in your life? Maybe it's inside of your marriage, right? Maybe on the outside, all, pe- all the people, they see all the fun pictures. They see all the smiles, the smiles that come with being married when you walk into the room uh, you know, with people or into the community. People don't know what's going on behind the closed doors. But what does it look like in your marriage when you guys are alone? The secrets that no one knows about. Maybe maybe it's when you're with your friends, people people that might not even know that you're a Christian because your behavior when you're with your friends doesn't show that you are a Christian. Maybe it's with your family inside of your household. Hold, What does it look like behind those closed doors? Maybe it's the sins that are sitting inside of you that you've been trapped in that no one knows about. Nobody knows about them but you. You haven't talk to somebody about it. You haven't gotten the help that you needed because you're too ashamed of the things that you've done. You're too worried about what will this person think if I tell them that I did something like this. Have you been or are you trapped in the same mindset as the religious leaders where everything looks clean and great on the outside, but on the inside there needs to be a lot of cleaning up to do? And so today, I would like to tell you how to clean up, how to clean up. You see, some, pe- some of you people might be thinking right now, well, that was the Pharisees. I'm not like that at all, because I can guarantee you there's a few of you out there that said, I'm not like that at all. But you see, I would argue that every single one of us is like that from time to time. We all have pride. We all have struggles that are in our lives. We all have the temptations that we deal with on a daily basis, and we've fallen into the same trap of the Pharisees of wanting others to see us a certain way, even if the inside of our life is completely different. So, how do we clean these things up? The first thing that I would say, and I, I you know, I, it's cliche to say this, but man, it is so, so, so important. Spend. Time with God. Spend time in His Word every single day. Meet with Him. Get on your hands and knees and pray. Thank Him for who he is thank him for what he has done in his, in your life pray for your needs pray for your wants go to the lord in supplication for other people because other people need his help too other people need the presence of God in their lives they need to be they they need you to be praying for them so they can rest in the catch net of your prayers because sometimes it's really hard for people to pray when they're going through specific things be praying for other people be praying for God's squad church be for the leaders of this church as well. You might think that everybody in uh, all the leaders of all the different churches that you see, that they have it all together, but I have some information for you. We don't. Be in prayer. Be praying for people. Be praying for yourself and thank God for who he is. It is so important to be spending time with God because you see the more time that you spend with God, the more room that you're giving him to work inside of you, inside of your heart and less room for the things that have been cluttering up your life and that continue to pile up time after time after time. Again, you need to spend time with the source. Pastor AJ Valdez, he was preaching two weeks ago about spending more time with the source, being close to God. Because if you're not close with him, how are you supposed to be the light in the world? How are you supposed to reflect the light of Jesus Christ when you're so far from him that you can't even see him? We need to be closer to the source. We need to be close with God and spending time with him that will make you closer than ever. Every single day, intentionally spending time with him. The second thing for how to clean up. I would say, is this. The Pharisees, we got to understand that their hearts were in the wrong place. When Jesus came on the scene, their hearts were so far away that they couldn't recognize the Messiah standing right in front of them. The one thing that the Jews had prayed for and waited for, for generations, was for the Messiah to come. And so, instead of a Savior, the Pharisees thought that their salvation was going to come through works, that they were special because they were the chosen people of God. And listen, I take nothing away from the Israelites. They were the chosen people of God, right? That's what the Old Testament tells us. But the New Testament tells us that there are other people that are chosen as well, the other people able to be grafted into that tree. And so with this, the Pharisees, they forgot, about, they forgot about people, and they only thought of themselves. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus gives the religious leaders the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love your neighbor. But the Pharisees, their hearts were so far from God that they didn't care about their neighbor at all. They were so wrapped up in themselves and their pride, it drowned out any spiritual life that could have been there. And so we need to make sure that our pride does not overcome our relationship with God, and we also need to make sure that it doesn't overcome our relationship and our love for other people, which is what the Pharisees allowed to happen. And so as you grow closer to God, though, I truly believe this, as you are growing closer to him, you will see things begin to fall into place in your life. You'll begin to see that as you're growing closer to God, that your relationship with other people is going to change, that your perspective about other people is going to change. You're not going to have so much hatred. You're not going to have so much frustration in your life towards other people. But when you're growing closer to God, you're going to start seeing more love for other people. You're going to understand them from God's perspective and not from the human perspective. And obviously, if you're going closer to God, your relationship with him is going to grow as well. So my main question for you today is, where is your heart right now? If you already know Jesus and you've accepted him into your life, what I want to encourage you to, d- to do today is to analyze your life right now. Apart from your outward appearance and what that looks like, what do you look like on the inside? Where do you need to give Jesus control in your life to make sure that transformation continues in you? And for those of you that haven't accepted Jesus today, listen, the gospel in a nutshell is that Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived a completely pure and perfect life for you and for me so that he could go to the cross and die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And he rose from the dead, showcasing that the grave could not stop him that sins could not take him down or anything of that nature, and he was able to break through all of those things. And if we grab onto him, if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that he can be the source, the life, and the hope that we have so that one day we can live with him for all of eternity. The religious leaders that we talked about had they had Jesus standing in front of them, and they completely missed it. Not only did they miss it, but we read at the end of this passage that they began to oppose him even more fiercely than they already had, and they conspired against him even more. Jesus knew that they were going to do this. yet he still sat down with them. He still ate with them anyways. He dined with them and he loved and cared for them so deeply that even though he knew they were going to do these things, even though he knew that they were going to put him on the cross, he still spent time with them and he would tell them where they were at fault so that they could have a chance to turn their lives around. You see, this is a hard passage to read sometimes because when we start to analyze the inside of ourselves. Like I said, things get a little bit messy. And so sometimes it can bring conviction in our lives. But the fact of the matter is, the reason why that this passage is in the Bible is not to tear us down. It's not to make us feel bad about ourselves. It's not to make us feel absolutely awful because we have so much baggage that we're carrying of all of the sins and the things that we've done against God in our life. And yes, those things are true. But the reason why it's in here is because God cares for you and he loves you so if you've never accepted Jesus Christ today, and you're here and you're listening to this right now, I encourage you, reach out today. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't miss it. The Messiah is here. He is standing in front of you. He's knocking on the door, and you just need to open it and let him in. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and follow him. It will be the best decision that you could ever make in your entire life. You would never regret it. And it will be so much more fulfilling than what the world can give you. You have that chance right now to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for the fact that your word analyzes us. That it helps us to understand where we have gone wrong and how we can get better. It's not always easy to read that we're not perfect. It's not always easy to read that we have things that still need to be transformed in our lives, that we still have problems in our lives that need to be, that we need to be dealing with things, Lord. But I thank you that it's there because we need it. We need that correction. And I pray today, Lord, whether we uh, when we're hearing this right now or we're going throughout the entire week, God, I pray that we'd be leaning on you, that we'd be looking to you, that we would continually be following after you in your footsteps, helping our hearts to be able to be transformed into a more righteous form, Lord, as we're continuing to follow you. There is nothing good inside of us except for the fact that your son, Jesus Christ, died for us and covers our hearts, Father. And so I pray that we continue just going towards you in every way, shape, and form that we possibly can. And God, for those people who don't know Jesus Christ today, I pray right now, Father, that you are tugging on their hearts and that they would confess your your son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior, that they would accept him for who he is, the fact that he died on a cross and rose from the grave, God, I thank you. I thank you that we have the ability to be saved by you. And God, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Boz, for that message. Definitely can be hard to hear, but needed most definitely. Um, I hope you guys were able to Learn through that to understand just a bit more about God and who he is and how we relate to him. And yeah, just don't put on a fake face. Like The more real we are with each other on like, I get it. I don't get it. I'm good at this. I'm terrible at this. Um, the, The more authentic we are with each other, the better because we can help each other get to a place where... Where God wants us, you know, and I don't know about you, but I just want to make God proud. That's that's all I want And I know that I I will fail but at the same time I won't because he's the one that empowers me makes me strong It's just it's so crazy to actually grasp and understand. You know what I mean? It's so good. Thank you so much Foz, for that um, So Yeah Basically, I have a couple more things to tell you guys here. So first, I want to let you know um, that we, we just we love you guys. And like we did last week, we had a service full of Thanksgiving to thank you guys to thank our volunteers and for everyone who makes this service happen. But it truly is all about knowing God and understanding who he is and. The Bible is not a rule book. Honestly, that's not the purpose of it. The Bible is there for us to understand and get to know more of who God is um, so that we can draw closer to him. So we would love to be able to help you guys through that. We are so much more than just a service on Twitch on Saturdays. Um, We also have a community that you can be a part of. So that's in our Discord, exclamation point Discord, if you want to be a part of that. And we also have our daily reconnect streams that happen um, throughout the week normally when we're not on vacation, um, and we would love to see you there. And so now we are in to enter a time where we can give, um, and so I'm going to tell you a couple of ways that you can help give to the church um, to help this mission of Reaching Gamers for God To succeed and also for us to just as christian gamers gather together and to know god more so if you would love to give to god squad church there are a couple ways you can do that one you can go to our website godsquadchurch.com um and give there you can click the ban the panel on the twitch website below um you can also text this lovely number 84321 and you can Text any amount and it will start prompting you on how to get that sent over. These are all very safe, secure ways that you can give to the church. um, And we need it. And I know a lot of you have given and give right now. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of you who generously give, especially during this crazy holiday season. The fact that you sacrifice and you give your finances Um, over to God and say, take this, do what you will with it is absolutely incredible. And so I thank you so much for that.